Welcome back to the Dash Podcast. I'm Trey Gamage. Excited to be back with you for another brand new episode. Um, it's always fun doing these solo episodes to really get to explore and dive deeper into some articles. So today we'll be talking about proactive SEL. There was a wonderful article by the Principal Project that talks about the avoiding the waterfall for children or, or not letting the children fall down the waterfall when it comes to mental health because studies show that it's on the decline for students. We'll get into that today on the Dash Podcast. Welcome back to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and our goal is to spread awareness and action around SEL. We do this through interviewing school and SEL leaders, reviewing articles, and developing adult social-emotional skills. You can subscribe to our show and our other content on YouTube at SEL Educators, or you can find us at Apple Podcasts and Spotify by typing in my name, Trey Gamage, in the Dash Podcast. Thanks for listening. Before we get into all the details of the episode, I want to let you know about relationships and communication. This is our primary professional development service that we've provided to over 20 schools and 400 educators over the last four years. It's a four-hour training that includes a disc assessment, 40-page report, a two- to three-hour debrief, and also resources and activities for personal and professional growth. We've translated this PD opportunity into a course that you can participate in in a self-course fashion or still sign up for your school. You can find more information about this at seleducators.com and click the courses button on the page. Let's get into the episode. So this is good, man. I, I really enjoy and am looking forward to doing more reading and digging into education and SEL relationships, culture, climate, all this stuff. I've got a list of about a hundred articles and I often go through and I'll pick an article to dive into and to study and think about how I may add something to it or how I may apply it in a different way. And so this article is no different. Again, it's from the Principal Project. Uh, it's an online blog and it's written from the perspective of providing mental health support to students because recent health shows that student mental health is in a severe crisis. And so there's some wonderful points that were made in this, in this uh, article. And I want to kind of review those points, but also expand on them with how we can apply some of these things in adult SEL. Because anything that applies for students has to apply for teachers, right? If students' mental health is struggling, and they spend most of their day with the teachers. Hello? We educators are a part of this process as well. And so mental health is something that's important, something that I studied my, my in college, actually. I, I studied psychology on an abnormal track. The only problem was to go into a clinical school, you had to do six more years and it was competitive as any other doctoral program. So. Obviously, we went a different route, but understanding mental health and, and how these disorders impact people makes a huge difference. And so in my career, in my journey with that background, with that knowledge of psychology, of mental health, of disorders, I've chosen a path that would be on a tier one, if you say, uh, opportunities and support systems that can serve everybody. 
I chose specifically education because I love the impact that working with educators has on the next generation. But in any industry, the skills of relationships, communication, emotional intelligence are skills that translate, that lead to success in every field. So I've chosen paths that are, are not quite rigorous or formal rather as being a clinical psychologist, but I've chosen a path that's more on a tier one level where we can provide professional development that teaches core emotional intelligence skills, that teaches core relationships and communication skills that really help you improve. And a lot of this philosophy came from reading different self-help books that I've got all over here, including my own. It also included joining Toastmasters where I really understood the power of communication being able to write speeches, think those out and communicate them effectively to other people help change the way that I think about understanding. Because as people, when we have a problem, when we have tension with other folks, it's not usually about like our principles or our thoughts. A lot of times you and I may both agree, but I'm saying it one way and you're saying it with another language. So we bump heads on it. Michael Jordan, LeBron were like, let's figure out what context we're going to use and then we'll talk about who's better because if we just argue blindly about who's better based on our subjective feelings we're never going to get anywhere we're not changing minds but if we can come on the same page and agree this is what we're talking about this is the solution we're trying to get to then you don't bump heads so much and so when we think about proactive sel for students i also think about it for adults period because having just these basic skills, just that one thing that we understand, understanding that communication problems come from speaking a different language. And if you can identify and be explicit about the outcome or the objective of your conversation, that diffuses so much negative energy off top because we're already on the same page. And so we've got to fight to get on the same page and fight to be on the same page. And that's what I like to do is advocate for Educator. So as wonderful as this article is, and we're going to go through it, you know, the pieces that I want to add are obviously mostly in the SEL space for adult educators. So the first recommendation or skill that's necessary to catch kids before the waterfall and the waterfall is representative of mental health. So to catch kids before they fall down a hole of depression or anxiety or other mental health order disorders in and I love I love the bullets that they have here. I, I wrote them down to kind of summarize. But uh, the first one is the lake teaching SEL skills to students. OK, and so that includes adopting an evidence based SEL program, building student adult relationships around campus, emotional check ins for kids, check in, check out programs and integrating SEL across your school platforms like all day long, not just in one period or one section, but having SEO really be a part of your culture. So each of these, I think, is is absolutely foundational to the success of your program. And when you think about SEO implementation, obviously, these components are all embedded in there. The evidence based program, student adult SEO relationships, emotional check ins and the integrating across campus. So that's bullet point one. The SEL educators, the Dash Podcast, Trey Gamage, 
I would add a step zero. I would either, yeah, I would add a step zero. Let's just keep it simple like that. Because how can we do those things? Like how can I adopt and implement an evidence-based SEL program if nobody on my campus has social emotional competence? And so we may have that at a level, but when have we measured that level? Do we truly know what that level is? And, and so how, how can we, you know, there's, there's multiple platforms that provide assessments to look at emotional intelligence for adults. I could think about five or six in my head, including SEO educators. And so finding a benchmark on, Hey, you know what? Before we go out and, um, you know, get too deep into this adult pro or this SEO program or, or, or when you adopt an SEO program or tool, make sure that it has an adult SEO program. That that's a significant alternative. But my step. This here, podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com/podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. My number zero would include a lot of the same things, just for adults to prepare us to be able to implement these activities and integrate these skills throughout the workday. Cause we, we, you don't just show up. There is no teacher prep program that teaches social emotional competence. There's very few SEL programs that include SEL for students and, and how to apply them among cultures and things. So this information is, is not being taught. So we can't just ignore it. And maybe, maybe it's ignored because it's not a status quo or something that's normal yet, but it has to be and it's about to be. And it is a trend. So what I would add for adults is evidence-based professional development. I've already mentioned the different assessments you can use. Um, for SEO educators, we primarily use two assessments. One is like a diagnosis. The other is like a prescription. And you may have a certain relationship with these terms that I hope I can debunk here in a moment. But the, when I say diagnosis, that's our emotional intelligence assessment. And so you complete this assessment. It's 30 minutes long. And what you get back is a report that details your social emotional competence or your emotional intelligence. They're synonyms. EQ has four factors. SEL with capital has five. So the EQ quotients are social management and awareness and self-management and awareness. So you get a skill or a percentage rather out of 100%. You get a number out of a five-point scale. And there's bars that show you the, the low end, the standard median, and the above average EQ scores. From there, we can go in and pinpoint, okay, you have really strong self-awareness. However, your self-management skills are rather low. What does that mean? That means that you're aware of, of yourself, you're aware of situations, you're aware of the impacts of your behavior on other people. However, when it comes to managing that awareness, when it comes to being self-disciplined or controlled, there may be some more practices or structures that need to be put in place for you to improve. So we've identified your strengths based on your own skills and assets, your own social emotional competence. So we see you're strong in one area. We see that another area is not as strong. They all work together, but I can now pinpoint this one skill, self-management, and inside that one skill, we can decide like what standard that we'll focus on for your growth 
to bring that skill up. So that's the diagnosis. And I think you can understand why we go through the details of each score, the improvements of each score, the all that good stuff. On the other end, the other assessment we use is DISC, or you'll hear me call it relationships and communication, that you complete this assessment and you get back another report that details your observable communication styles and really help you understand how other people perceive your actions. So with this, it helps you understand, one, how to recognize your own style, but also how to understand other people. And when you have that understanding for other people, Here's effective ways to communicate with them. So there's there's two assessments that we use that are evidence based that are not, you know, these aren't reports that I've made. These are um, world assessments that are used. These are very popular assessments that are used similar to Myers-Briggs or the colors or, or whatever other assessments or observable behavior assessments that you use, but having that evidence-based adult SEL to help me understand, okay, where is my staff truly? Are they strong in SEL? Are they ready to implement an SEL program? Do they believe in SEL? We can't adopt and ask somebody to implement these programs if we're not aware of where this person is in their own mental health and, and or their own emotional intelligence. Because I think mental health is more at the tier three, if I'm just going at the base route of, hey, let's get some base levels. Let's figure out where you're at. There's no good. There's no bad. There's only there's only the base and then we'll we'll improve from there. So evidence based SEL helps us understand how we need to approach school wide SEL implementation. But we can't talk about students until we figure out where we are as adults. The other piece that I would include that goes into a bit or would be taught rather through the evidence of emotional intelligence and communication, but building relationship skills and building emotional intelligence skills. So thinking about relationship skills specifically, understanding the DISC piece and, and who do I get along with? There was a micro credential I was working on at one point for more restorative practices. And there was an activity that we had to do called the circle of efficacy. And in this circle, you had to evaluate students or people that you had worked with. And you had to list like the names of students that you got along with or had good relationships with and list the students that you did not. And then you had to think about the characteristics of those children. What did they have in common? Then I had to look at myself and say, what do I have in common with these groups? And I had to ask myself, or rather they asked me, where is your bias? Who do you tend to get along with more? Who do you not? And so for me, I, I tend to get along with folks that are more like me. So kids that are more talkative, more outgoing, where their emotions on their sleeve are easier for me to uh, engage and get along with. And I struggle a little more to connect with students that are more quiet, more shy and more reserved. So for me, that's a, that's a great level of awareness and understanding how I need to build relationships in my classroom or on my campus. Those folks that are not as outgoing or are not as talkative, there's another way I can approach them with a more calm manner, a more peaceful approach, and more personable manner where it's not as fast paced and go, go, go like I usually am, but I'm kind of calming down and just being in the moment not necessarily concerned with filling all the time with words. The important thing to understand is skills translate. 
right? Everything is the same. So if you can learn how to be a successful educator, you can learn how to be a successful parent. You can learn how to be a successful bodybuilder. You can learn how to be a successful biker or a pottery maker, whatever the case is. Like if you can learn one skill, you can learn how to translate that into other things. So building and having the ability to really understand relationships and understand how to build relationships. What do I mean by that? I mean, relationship skill is knowing that if I'm fast paced and I'm going to communicate with somebody who seems to be more slow paced, can I slow down? If I'm more people oriented and I'm going to communicate with somebody that's more, uh, so, so let me give more descriptors for myself. I'm more people oriented. I'm more, I'm less formal. I'm just ready to kind of go and wing it. If I'm going into a meeting with somebody who is more formal, that prefers bullet points, that prefers an agenda, can I be aware enough to meet that person where they are or communicate my expectations so that we can have an ex a win-win experience rather than a frustrating communicatory experience? That's where, where relationship skills come in. First, understanding yourself and then starting to understand the value of other people or the skills and styles of others. Become your best self with bestself.co. They have 90-day journals, six-month action plans, daily journals, gratitude cards, relationship cards, all kinds of things to help you become a better version of yourself. Visit bestself.co and use the code GAMAGE for 15% off your next order. The last piece that I would add for adult SEL is staff to staff check-ins. You know, one of the cool things about SEL is that we do it all the time. We just don't do it with intention. So every time that you go in and, and you check in with one of your colleagues or they check on you or they just kind of vent to you for a little bit, that's some SEL practice right there. And so making it a habit to check in with a teacher a day or a teacher a week, a teacher, three teachers a week as a as your peers, also with leadership and teachers or faculty and staff, making it intentional to go out of your way and check in on folks. That would be the equivalent of integrating SEL all day. Check in on your colleagues, on your POCs, on your administrators, on your custodians. Check in on the folks that are around you. Practice evidence-based adult SEL and build relationship skills. For the second piece of this article, the river connect, connect teacher resources to training and experts. Love this. So, so this, this kind of goes into where we were, where I was at before. So step zero, adult SEL. Step one is delivering student SEL, integrating it throughout the day. Step two is connecting teachers with training and resources. I think these are two distinct steps from what we just finished talking about in step zero and step two, because the, the first piece that we talk about in step zero is really getting a basis, a foundation for culture and climate or emotional intelligence on your campus for your adults. That's, that's foundational. You cannot move past training or expertise or whatever if I don't have a benchmark every year for kids, every year to start the school year, we test our students. 
Never, ever, ever do we assess our adults, or few of us, I should say, never do we, but few assess our, not for, not for intelligence, but person first. Where are my people at? How can I communicate better with my people? How can I build better relationships with the people that I work with every day? We have to have that step zero before we get here at step two. But now that we're here, I, I, I love it. We, we have um, PD opportunities to collaborate on student needs. So I love this. In your PLC meetings for application, in your PLC meetings, can you take 15 minutes a week or, or an hour a month to sit down with your peers and discuss student behavior or student concerns? Or like I just mentioned for myself, some students I don't quite get along with. Can I discuss, can we collaborate on how I can better support these students that I'm not so great at connecting with on campus? That was the only piece listed, but uh, something that I would add still here is add social emotional competence or SEL activity. So we mentioned that 10 to 15 minutes in your PLC meeting for uh, student support. I would also encourage you to find 15 minutes a month or a week to kind of press on to social emotional competence or practice well-being, practice less stress, practice mindfulness, practice SEL skills so that you can constantly have a foundation for, you can constantly have a foundation for checking in, for knowing how well your educators are feeling and, and how everybody should be moving forward effectively. The last piece I'll say here is connecting teacher to person first. There's a psychology term that I learned when we were, when I was learning about disorders and schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, things like that. You don't say the same with, with special ed or, or exceptional ed services. You don't say he's autistic. He's bipolar. She's schizophrenic. No, she has schizophrenia. He is bipolar. Or excuse me, he has bipolar disorder. The person is not the disorder. The student is not the child. The, the, the people that we are teaching are more than educators, they're more than students, they're more than teachers, we're people first. And so in step two, when we connect teachers to resources, training and experts, let's connect teachers to people. Let's do that. We have enough training, we have enough resources, we have so much curriculum. Let's connect teachers to people. Recognize that the kid in your class, and I'm, I'm saying teachers, I mean educators, I mean adults. Let's recognize that we are people first. We need breaks, we get tired. But also recognize how to connect with someone else first. And, and before um, teaching two plus two or A, B, C, D, E, I know that you and me are on the same page. We have a relationship you're willing to listen to me and I can I, I'm not I have not lost sight of the humanity in myself and you, this classroom or this school. We're more than our data or more than our grades. The skills that you have are greater than the resources that you have. The reason being because skills can be applied much easier. The skills can be transferred much easier. If you have the resources, if you have the data, if you have the tools, you don't have a method or a process to using it, you're not going to help anybody or anything. So build your skills first 
because that makes you a better person. It's not about if you're having classroom management problems or you're having problems rallying your troops. The issue is not in your resources or your tactics per se. It's about you becoming a better person. If there's something that you want in your life, but you don't have or, or don't seem to be able to get, it's not going to come from something you do. It's going to come from someone that you are. So you have to be a better person for your classroom to have less mental health problems. And maybe that doesn't connect, but it makes sense. If, if I'm a teacher and I teach who I am in the classroom and for K-5 schools, I'm with you eight hours a day. Doesn't it make sense that my psyche or my uh, psychology is going to rub off on you in some form or fashion? I spend more of my time with other people's kids than I spend with my own. So knowing how to put that person first and how to have the skills is going to go a long way in being able to apply the information and actually make a real difference in there. So connect to the person first. The last bullet point in this article is the waterfall. Provide support, provide extra support for students experiencing mental health challenges. So, so that is your mental health providers and your mental health support. Um, again, I, I just want to, I like these points. I think this is a well-written article and a great article. Just adding the perspective on the other side. I've seen school communities that have a mental health psychologist or school psychologist, but the family or the student won't sign up that needs the help. So is that the only way that I can provide the help? I don't think that's what this article is saying, but I, I wanna make sure that we see the, the bigger picture as well. So if step three is providing extra support like mental health resources, we need them. We have to have them. We must have them, they're critical. And the mental health issues that we're dealing with as students and adults are, are in dire need of being attended to and putting practices in place that improve the well-being and the stress levels of both students and adults. At the same time, I think understanding relationship and communication support. Before we get to the tier three of mental health, or even if we are providing those extra mental health supports, there still needs to be that evidence-based program. There still needs to be those resources for teachers. There still needs to be social emotional competence and skill building for our adults because the, the support that our kids need, the extra support that our kids need is not just step three, it's accumulation of zero, one, two, and three. So it's all of the above that lead to the additional mental health supports is the way that I think about it rather than just a standalone, it's all together, the, the lake, the river, and the waterfall. So this was a lot. I had a lot of fun breaking this down. There's one piece that I, I didn't miss that I wrote down <clears throat> that I wanna go back to a little bit, and it's another example of uh, like self-awareness and skill building. So for myself, I've got a journal here, but I use 90-day journals. And they say motivation doesn't last. I, I, I can pull a chart up that shows you that at one end when motivation starts at day zero, it's super high, it's at 100%. After 90 days, it reaches its apex. And after day 90, you start to lose motivation and diminish until your motivation is gone 
by 180 days. So New Year's resolutions are not that good to set. But quarterly resolutions or quarterly goals has been a trend that I've been following for five years now. And what I've noticed, and I'm talking about self-awareness and self-management, I noticed that I'm a very outgoing guy and I can very much fly by the seat of my pants and lose my head if it's not attached to my shoulder. So I have to have these structures to keep me focused. And through this time and through learning these structures and processes, I know in a 90 day period or a 13 week span, about week six or seven, I'm gonna lose focus. So they say motivation doesn't last past 90 days. For me, I need to reset around week six or seven. And that's a valuable thing for me to know because it helps me understand where I'm at. When I open up that journal and I see that I'm in week six or week seven, it helps me know that I may need to be more vulnerable in my relationships or with my students and let them know where I'm at, that I'm kind of resetting and recalibrating. Personally, I may need to recognize and understand that I might be more irritable. I might be more frustrated. I might be more likely to eat more snacks or, or to, to not work out because I'm not as motivated. So what tools can I put into place at this period in my life to improve my, my outcomes when I go professionally? And I'm gonna tie this all in together because that, that practice of using a journal is part of my morning routine. So in the mornings, this is me personally. It's very important for me to wake up about an hour before the rest of my family wakes up and really spend time with myself. Without technology, it's really early right now as I'm recording this episode, but I like to spend time without technology, reading, writing, praying, journaling, and just spending time because I recognize that having that time to just think for myself or have some space allows me to go into school or into my place of work with a very clear mind. So all these skills are, are wonderful. And I think this, this article is great. I'll make sure that I link it in the description as well. So check it out and don't forget the additions that we added to this article. The main takeaways that I have other than this being a great article is, um, you know, to think about that step zero. How are you measuring your adults social emotional competence and helping them build their skills if you do or do not have an evidence-based seo program and if you're on your way to adopting one make sure your program includes adult seo lessons not just training to show you how to use the curriculum but actual skill building opportunities all right um if you want to check us out at seoeducators.com we're offering our webinar relationships and communication. It's a free webinar, 45 minute, that teaches you some critical skills about how to ease tension in any relationships, how to have more win-win situations, and how to understand anybody's communication style. You can go to seoeducators.com right now and click the courses button to get your free webinar or sign up for our full relationships and communication course. If you use the code RELATE, We'll even give you 50% off. Thank you so much for listening to the Dash Podcast, and we'll see you next time. This is Thanks for listening to us on the Dash Podcast. I definitely hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, share it with a friend, share it with an educator, share it with someone who needs to hear the message from this episode. You can visit our website, seleducators.com, to learn more about our online courses and professional development training for schools and districts. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.